Welcome to the Future of Protein Production Podcast. In this series, we will explore the technological advancements that are shaping alternative proteins. From cultured meats to plant-based proteins, we will talk to experts and innovators who are working towards a more sustainable, efficient, and kind protein production system. Join us as we dive into the exciting possibilities and challenges of the alternative protein production industry in the years to come. Okay, so today we will be speaking with Jacob Crow, and he is the leader of the tech and applications for process analytics at Hamilton. Now, Hamilton offers process sensors um, for cultivated meat production that cater to a range of meat production processes from hybrid plant-based meats to fully lab-grown meat processes and more. Um, these sensors and accessories are designed to address the challenges of scaling and are crucial in taking production processes to new heights. So, Jacob, welcome. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Glad to be here. Before we start, let's get to know you a little bit. Um, could you just tell me about your background and journey into this field, and I guess how you ended up at Hamilton? Sure. So I, uh, you know, I started my my career maybe about, uh, let's say it's almost 15 years ago now. Um, I was a young, bright-eyed kid that wanted to change the world, um, and the first thing I was looking at during the time was biofuels. And so I focused down chemical engineering into biofuels, um, and then when I graduated my wife pulled me to Reno and I realized there's not too much biofuels here, but there was <laughs> a company that does life sciences. And so I ended up jumping right into this and found that there was a lot of overlap um, between those industries as I found that I believe there's now a lot of overlap between the biopharma and bioprocess industry and the cultivated meat industry itself. Mm -hmm. So that's sort of the long and short of how I ended up from what my original idea for changing the world was to what my current passions um, and day-to-day and -day life work around. Mm -hmm. So let's move on to Hamilton now as a company. Can you give me a brief history of the company, some key milestones? Yeah. So Hamilton Company, we have multiple divisions. Um, the, the best way to describe it is we're a heavily embedded life sciences company. And so we focus very much on measurement as well as liquid handling solutions. Um, the process analytics division that I'm part of is one of the younger divisions, and we focus more specifically on the actual inline measurement solutions um, and providing those solutions for, you know, uh, not only biopharma industry, but any any industry that requires um, continuous inline measurements. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm interested to know why Hamilton has a stake uh, in this industry. So we see a lot of crossover um, between bioprocess and the cultivated meat industry. And what what really kind of got our eye was um, a lot of customers and a lot of end users that we work with in the bioprocessing industry have recently switched over to working in some cultivated meat startups. And hmm. so we like to maintain our relationships. And we found that people have started reaching out to us through cultivated meat, um, through cultivated meat companies. And so that really got our eye in the sense that we have people we know that were doing traditional bioprocessing, and they're now working on this novel challenge um, called cultivated meat. And so, the yeah, that that turned uh, the process analytics division. Um, our, our focus is now a little bit more towards specifically catering to cultivated meat as well. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it's a challenging sector, um, lots of different challenges from regulations, consumer acceptance, scaling. Let's talk now about some of those challenges. In an interview um, with someone just the other day, I was told it's not so much technical, it's not so much consumer acceptance, it's securing the funding to scale to levels necessary to make an impact. Now, as a supplier um, to this industry, what are you hearing from your customers about the biggest challenges that they're facing? Cost is uh, cost is key. So in the discussion of cost versus scalability, it's being able to prove the cost economics behind this. And so what we really hear is, it, I, I would like to boil it down to three things. Um, and some you've already mentioned. One would be cost of the process. It needs to be economically viable or at least cost parity against traditional meat production. Um, mm-hmm. Consistency in terms of product, which I think speaks a little bit for itself. And then customer acceptance. People have to understand that lab-grown meat is uh, fit form and function, the same thing as meat grown from a cow out in a field. Mm -hmm. So if we look at unpacking the specific variable that I think we can focus on at Hamilton, it's more along the lines of cost, Um, helping helping develop robust cell lines, um, reducing media consumption, which objectively is probably one of the more expensive variables um, in the whole commercialization process, as well as assisting in how do you design a process that can not only grow meat, but grow it at scale and grow it um, economically. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, the the final consideration behind this whole thing, which is, um, you know, I've read a few studies where it's size, just the sheer size and volume of, uh, of cultivated meat required to make a noticeable impact um, against traditional meat is really going to come down to these gigantic facilities with, uh, well, it's going to probably have a significant headcount unless some sort of automated continuous processing strategy can be uh, devised. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone told me recently that uh, if you switched 100% of farmer bioreactor capacity to the production of cultivated meat, it wouldn't really go very far. So obviously yep. we're at the start of this. Now, um, in response to that big challenge about cost, what role can Hamilton play in addressing that challenge? So we're in the business of providing process at least process analytics is in the business of providing process analytical tools um, and we really see that the the benefit um, PAT PAT can have within the cultivated meat industry um, it's it's very much analogous to the biopharma industry in terms of you can do things like improve consistency um, actually devise control strategies around particular measurements and so Hamilton's role and Hamilton's sort of I guess our, yeah, I want to say our role to play in this is to try and not only educate on process analytical technologies, but provide robust cost-effective solutions to actually improve and enable people in the cultivated meat industry to utilize those solutions. Mm -hmm. Now we're going to get onto the technology itself. Now those inline sensors that you're making, um, how can they help um, address those challenges that um, we've previously discussed? So I, I would, I'm going to take a trifold approach to this and then probably tail off into the specific measurements. The, the key things that, that, um, that we see we can provide with these types of measurements are we can improve environmental consistency, specifically around the upstream growth process. Um, we provide a direct measurement of some critical variables that impact cell growth, um, at least within animal cell growth, uh, bacterial fermentations, et cetera. It's, it's all analogous between biopharma, and cultivated meat. And then the third piece is the inline measurement itself enables you to develop control mechanisms um, around those specific parameters that would 
without without it be relegated to either making discrete decisions or making indirect inferences and just relying upon I don't want to say gut feeling, but relying upon other parameters that may not be as robust um, or as continuous in terms of the data output. Mm -hmm. I mean, what specific parameters can these sensors monitor in the bioreactors or, or fermentation tanks? So we have our the environmental parameters. You, the the bread and butter applications will be like pH and DO control mm -hmm. for um, maintaining environmental pH consistency as well as providing oxygenation. These are aerobic processes that uh, are being targeted, right? Um, you know, uh, any animal cell typically requires aerobic, um, an aerobic environment in order to thrive. Um, there are sensors that can measure things such as metabolic conditions. Um, mm -hmm. So direct, directly measuring the metabolites within solution. These are either done typically, I'll say enzymatically or spectra um, using spectroscopy techniques, such as near-infrared or Raman. And then there's a third case, which is cells that measure, uh, or sorry, measurement solutions that measure cells mm -hmm. themselves, like directly, as well as in some cases assess the cell physiology. So environment, nutrients, and then the cells themselves. Mm -hmm. uh, can you explain the role of pH and dissolved oxygen sensors um, in maintaining ideal conditions for cell growth? Yeah, sure. So pH is is typically if you think about um, uh, a bioprocess, people think, oh yeah, pH and DO control. Um, it's really, the idea behind pH is you really need to maintain a tight pH band um, in order to have consistent reproducible cell growth. Uh, alterations in pH have been shown in many studies, not only just with uh, you know particular animal cells, but it's pretty much a generalized thing that poor pH control and having a wide band or a wide range in which pH can vary um, will result in altered metabolism, slowed cell growth, and reduced productivity overall. And so um, in these instances, having an accurate and uh, reproducible pH measurement um, is kind of, it's pretty straightforward if you think about it, but it is absolutely critical to getting off the ground um, in terms of having a consistent high producing process. Mm -hmm. um, over time, pH measurement also, people don't think about it, but pH control um, over time, pH measurement will tend to drift. And so really, as you look at the type of process you want to implement, um, the impact of pH drift over time can become a critical variable and understanding it as well as mitigating it um, can really help prevent the metabolic as well as environmental excursions that can be detrimental to a, a longer running process. Mm -hmm. In terms of DO, um, DO is also really well known. People typically think, okay, we need to hit a set point for DO control and we need to provide enough oxygen to keep cells happy. Um, that's true, but how you provide that DO control is also a critical variable that's not often um, not often fully investigated. And what I mean by this is you're holding a set point, but whether or not you have a noisy set point or a stable set point within a specific band of, let's say, plus or minus 5% saturation, that can impact the quality um, and consistency of your process over time. So it's not only maintaining control, but also how you maintain the control um, and what kind of measurement you use for that control that can impact the, I guess, the reproducibility um, and the overall yield of a particular, um, a particular run. 
Now, nutrient levels and feed rates are also important to promote efficient cell growth in the bioreactors. Um, how, how can the sensors help there, Jacob? So there are two routes for nutrient control and feed strategies. One is you directly measure the metabolite itself. And then the second is you use a direct biomass measurement and then infer based upon biomass growth, what kind of nutrient uptake has been utilized and what you need to replace. So in the first route, um, metabolites can be measured either enzymatically or using spectroscopy techniques. And from there, you understand over a period of time, how much does a certain nutrient deplete? Um, and from there, you can say, okay, we're going to supplement with a specific feed profile. And what this does is, I mean, certain amino acids, things like that, growth factors are not cheap. So understanding how much you're actually utilizing um, and being able to feed and supplement that directly uh, is a huge cost benefit. However, you can't, you can't measure every single thing and supplement every single process or every single variable. That's just too many feed pumps, too many inlets. So the second route here would be just measure biomass directly. And you've already mapped out the metabolic requirements for primary cell growth or let's say cell maintenance. And so by measuring cell growth over a defined period of time, you can go ahead and either develop empirically a cell per unit volume of nutrient requirement of either say a primary substrate or a, or a, um, let's say a supplemental feed, something like for amino acid profiles, et cetera. Um, or in the second case, you can just have these large bolus feed additions for say a, a fed batch strategy where you identify we've grown X and go ahead and supplement a certain volume of a defined feed to replace the nutrients that you yourselves have utilized, that you estimate yourselves have utilized uh, within that specific time period. Mm -hmm. Now, I know from discussions with um, other producers that real-time data uh, is vital for them. So what data analytics and feedback mechanisms um, are typically integrated with these sensors to optimize I know, things like biomass yield? Yeah, so the power of real-time data is not only in the ability to see it, see a signal continuously, but the ability to control around it. So all of our measurement solutions not only provide you the ability to make a measurement of, say, pH, DO, CO2, but you, you have an output signal that enables you to integrate it and control around it. And so, you know, an example behind this would be a pH sensor. It's directly integrated to base and acid feed controls so that you don't have to discreetly make the change. You're removing the human element. You're enabling a continuous feedback response. Um, for something like an inline biomass measurement, we have a capacitance sensor that measures the viable cell biovolume and allows you to utilize that output as a direct signal for controlling, say, cell concentration within a process. Um, didn't really mention it exactly, but there's kind of two trains of thoughts in terms of where um, where I, I, I see um, the cultivated meat industry going. They're either going to go with really large tanks or they're going to go with continuous processing. Um, in the case of continuous processing, you're going to have to have some sort of direct control of your product, which is the biomass itself. And so having a measurement that enables you to develop a control scheme, such as removing a certain amount of cells from the bioreactor at any given time, so you can continue running it and not just grow cells all the way up and then harvest them, um, is absolutely critical. And that's that's kind of one of the key benefits of having a real-time measurement for that particular um, for that particular parameter. 
Now, in terms of process consistency and scalability, let's start with consistency. Can you provide any examples of how your data has been in, uh, used to improve the consistency and quality of any, any cultivated meat products? I mean, what are the advantages of real-time monitoring and control enabled by inline sensors compared to other methods? Yeah, so you know, one thing that's that's interesting and I find really um, uh, it's kind of an interesting shift in problem statement from the bioprocess industry is that in biopharma, cells grow and then produce a product. In cultivated meat, the cells are the product. And so by having a high precision inline measurement, it enables you to not only reproduce a process, but enables you to look at how does it directly impact my product? Um, it's a little bit of a simplified matrix. And how, do, how can I use the, the consistency of my measurement to go ahead and not only establish a baseline, but understand when I change a variable how is that going to impact cell growth um, uh, or how is that going to impact the consistency of my product? So comparatively, if you use something like an offline measurement um, for that particular parameter, an offline measurement for pH control or an offline measurement for CO2, you're only getting a glimpse at that, a particular point in time of what, um, what that variable is doing to the process. Otherwise, in between those samples, it's kind of a black box. So... Uh, having a complete mapping um, of of the particular measurements that you really need uh, gives you pretty much uh, kind of like a golden profile, or at least the baseline of where to work up from. Um, in terms of scalability, having a consistent measurement, something that you know, um, will help you as you go from one particular bioreactor configuration to larger and larger systems. Um, this is this is pretty well understood in the bioprocess industry, and it's analogous to to cultivated meats. Um, an example I want to give here is gas mixing changes as you go up in scale. So at one scale, something like a dissolved CO2 concentration, which having too high a dissolved CO2 concentration is essentially um, detri it's detrimental to animal cell growth. It will it will reduce cell growth rate. It will change pH. It will basically tank your process. Mm -hmm. um, and so as you scale up, the ability um, for gas to mix effectively changes with not only the design of the bioreactor, but the scale you're looking at. And so having a measurement and having a baseline understanding of I need to maintain CO2 at this value um, and being able to scale that all the way up enables you to provide a consistent environmental sort of response um, and, and uh, yeah, consistent environmental response regardless of the changing variables such as the aspect ratio of the bioreactor or the overall volume of the process. Now, contamination, contamination is an important but overlooked challenge um, in this sector. Um, can your sensors detect that and, and how do they assist ensuring the quality or purity um, of the, the meat culture? Yeah, so contamination was actually an interesting thought that I hadn't really thought about um at least initially with cultivated meat but thinking in terms of continuous processing right it's super important for a process that's supposed to continuously run and you're pulling cells and you're making product from this um it's it's extremely important to keep it contamination free or if there is contamination you need to identify it early mm -hmm. in the case of um, inline measurements and having a i'm going to call it a golden batch profile you know your ph you know what kind of acid and base feed profiles you're supposed to see behind this, and you know your DO, and you know what kind of mass flow control you have, and you have a very tight control around that process, 
that shouldn't be changing run to run. Um, in the case of something like contamination, you'll be able to identify pretty early on that you're sort of deviating from your golden pat, um, your golden batch. You'll be having excursions and say your DO profiles, or maybe the conductivity will change because the base the base feed is going to be a little bit different. Um, in those instances, having an inline control system will let you identify it faster than just having discrete offline sampling. We've seen um, automation in, in many different um, industries. Do you think that's going to have any role to play in cultivated meat as we scale up? Absolutely. Um, if we, you know, if we talk about the, the footprint required to make a noticeable impact with the cultivated meat industry, that's going to require a lot of labor. And so um, a lot of labor means a lot of people sampling, a lot of people working on each individual bioreactor. Um, and if we look at it from the perspective of labor is extremely expensive for operating costs, anywhere you can automate a particular process not only reduces that operating cost, but it removes a potential source of error. Um, we always say that the that the human element is um, one of the largest sources of error. So if you can utilize a measurement to do an automated, say, feed transfer or an automated um, cell bleed, uh, you're removing that human element and you're removing the cost behind it. So really what I see it is as these you know, as this industry matures and these large plants start to come out, it's going to be absolutely critical to automate as much as possible in order for it to be economically feasible um, as well as impact that consistency profile um, for for you know making a consistent reproducible product without um, with as few of errors as possible. Now, I'm sure you um, keep a, a very keen eye on what's going on in the market. Are there any emerging technologies or advances in your particular technology um, that had the potential to further improve things like bias, biomass yields or or other? Um, you know, other critical areas of the process. Yeah. So I've touched on this a little bit already with um, some of the earlier questions, but there's uh, an inline measurement called um, dielectric spectroscopy or, or a biomass measurement. Um, we call it a, our, our inside arc capacitance sensor. Um, within the bioprocess industry, the technology has been around for about 30 years and you're measuring your cell growth but your cell growth is only one aspect in the bioprocess industry towards producing a product. Typically that cell will produce the product, product has certain attributes, a certain productivity, et cetera. The really interesting thing about the cultivated meat industry is your cells are your product. So essentially what we have is we have a tool that is directly measuring your target product. And so from, from my perspective, looking at how you're going to how people are going to develop processes and how people are going to develop control strategies you have your target product you have something that directly measures it um, how is that going to evolve and so that's that's one particular avenue that um, we at in the process analytics team really want people to not only understand and learn but kind of we want to see what people could do with it uh, and learn from you know learn from the industry as this whole this whole industry starts to mature mm-hmm well, that's uh, that's my next question, actually. What might we expect from Hamilton um, as this uh, industry progresses further? So we, you know, we've already started working with um, numerous groups um, from small scale all the way to, you know, some groups that are looking at pilot scale and and the, the emerging production groups. Uh, we're present. And what you can expect from Hamilton is 
we're we're here to support any PAT needs that um, any customer existing or new has. Uh, we pride ourselves on having a very good support structure, um, very good face-to-face interactions, and uh, within the bioprocess industry, and we intend fully to, you know, uphold that same standard within the cultivated meat industry. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, we're also listening. Um, we continuously innovate and continuously come out with new products. So as this industry identifies new measurement needs um, and it starts to mature, you can expect we're sitting there and we're listening. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're definitely we're definitely here to stay in the cultivated meat industry and we're here to help. Uh, we're here to help the industry uh, advance as a whole. Yeah, well, I'm glad the industry is uh, well, the industry is probably glad that you've joined it rather than uh, biofuels. <laughs> um, now, I just got one last question. What uh, what excites you most um, about this sector? And maybe over the past twelve months, what 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 news item or breakthrough um, has really piqued your interest? Honestly, I find. I find some of the quality of the products that I'm seeing. I, I understand that it's you know it's early venture capital stage or early R and D stage, but the quality of some of these products is um, quite quite frankly looks fascinating to me. And the idea that we are essentially replacing diminishing resources, let's say you know diminishing salmon reserves or diminishing products of certain types of beef, things like that, while also making an environmental impact, um, it's really exciting to me to see how the industry grows and also what can we do what, or, and what can I do specifically to help, um, help with that. So I'm looking forward to, you know, um, some of these products actually coming out, um, full force, at least within, you know, within, within my neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. and so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good idea and it's a necessary one as part of the overall bigger picture of trying to improve, uh, improve the environment and improve our world for the next generation look it's been fascinating speaking with you jacob and we're really grateful for your time um the industry seems to be moving at a pace so no doubt we could um have an entirely different conversation in 12 months any final thoughts from you yeah i um i hope that by the time this uh this interview is published um hamilton will be coming out with a uh, white paper that really will kind of dive in a little bit more into some of the ideas uh, that we've talked about today, as well as uh, most likely a decent number of ideas that I've forgotten. So if you want to hear the <laughs> Hamilton perspective, um, please check out um, our white paper, which our white paper on the cultivated meat industry and PAT in general, which will be coming out uh, fairly soon. Fairly soon. Well, I'm sure we can add a link to that uh, in the article. Jacob, thank you very much for your time. It's been a pleasure. Uh, hopefully we get to meet face to face sometime. Thank you, Nick. I've enjoyed this. Thank you for listening to the Future of Protein Production Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and knowledge about the innovative technologies and practices that are transforming the way we produce protein. Don't forget to subscribe to Protein Production Technology International, our multimedia magazine, and follow us on social media to stay up to date with the latest news and updates. Stay tuned for more exciting episodes. 